more. I'm Annie, a single mom. I find myself feeling worn down. I'm more than tired. Even though I try to be active and rest, physically, I just feel depleted. And that's one of the things that we cover here. All this month, we are talking about growth. Welcome to the Solo Parent Podcast. My name is Robert Beeson, and I am here with the lovely Elizabeth Cole and the lovely Marissa Lee. Ladies, how are you? Hi. How are you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys sounded lovely. <laughs> um, we are, uh, we're so glad that, that you're joining us today. We are talking about beyond exercise, how to tend to your body, which is important when you're talking about growth. And we have some key things that I think are going to be helpful for all of us. Yes. And at the end of the podcast, we want to hear your question and we will do that. So, and we're going to answer it. So yes, stick we around. Are. We're going to do that. One of our favorite things about Solo Parent is not just this podcast where we get to talk about some amazing things and to some amazing people, but really Solo Parent is a community of single parents around the world who get together and we have online groups seven days a week. And one of the things that happens in those groups is something called Open Share, where we just share what's going on in our lives, get to know each other so everybody feels seen and known. And so we do that here to start off every episode. So we'll start with this. I'll check. Everybody will check in with what's going on right now. And then give an example of a trendy physical self-care thing that you're into or that you were into. I'll start with you, Elizabeth. Okay. Well, um, how I'm doing? I am okay. It was a hectic, busy weekend um, the last few days. It's a Monday. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. That's fine. Um, but I I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but every once in a while, not every night, like a couple times a month, maybe, if that, I wake up in the middle of the night and I just feel this like darkness over me hmm. where I'm literally like crying out in those moments. Like hmm. say, like, God be with me right now. Like, don't leave me right now because I'm in this like drowning of darkness hmm. in the middle of the night and it wakes me up and it's so bizarre. Um, I'm grateful for it in that I know that I have a God who does, who is with me in those moments, but that happened last night. And so I was awake for about an hour, just like kind of tossing and turning and struggling through that. Um, but here I am. Yeah. I was actually pretty energetic this morning, uh, regardless of all that. So I'm doing well Good. overall. Um, so a trendy physical self-care. Um, anyone who knows me at all knows that I will try anything. Yeah. Like I will do any sort of trendy thing. Um, so right now in particular, I've got a couple of things. I've actually been seeing, she's just a holistic doctor mm. um, and has helped me a lot. And she does muscle testing, but it actually has helped a lot. The holistic approach um, has really changed a lot of things for me. Um, I feel better. My anxiety has decreased. My gut health is better. Just all the way around, I sleep better, mm. minus nights like last, last night. But um, uh, yeah, so that's probably my my little trendy thing, the holistic approach Okay. to tending to myself. Got it. Yeah. How about you, Marissa? How are you doing? Well, so kind of like Annie at the beginning— of this podcast. Yeah. I just 
am feeling drained from every single avenue. It's mm. like everyone just came to me and said, we need all of you right now, all mm. at the same time. Mm. And I don't have any more to pour out. And yeah. I'm trying to put in as, as as fast as I can so that I can give more out, but it's it's taking its toll. So it's just been a lot with our community, um, my kids, um, my work, everything just seems to come all at once. And I've been in in places like this before, actually. When my husband first died, it seemed like calamity was literally around every corner. And I got, I adopted a motto that if you don't like today's crisis, and they were big <laughs> things, like people were dying. Right. I said, if you don't like today's crisis, wait 24 hours and you'll get a new one. Right. And then it's like, there's so many, you just don't even know which ones yeah. to start addressing. And yeah. you just, it's like, but that depletion that comes from just that constant attack is so real. And you can't mm -hmm. just get sleep <laughs> and mm -hmm. make it go away because it just com keeps coming at you. I mean, even last night I laid down to go to sleep and my youngest came up, mom, something's wrong with my chest and my back. I think I swallowed bread wrong. <laughs> hours ago <laughs> like it's bread like and you've eaten dinner since then like and so it's like well what do I need to do with this I'm asking him did you aspirate this are you having trouble breathing like what is really the issue here um fortunately he woke up this morning feeling better but last night where I did want to want that sleep desperately because we were up super early um yesterday I I just it wasn't something that I was going to get. Mm. So um, as far as trends that I've tried, um, lately I've been trying the the trend of sleep, but that's not really <laughs> um, But I would say in the past, um, I did a lot of green smoothies and mm. my children don't necessarily love them, but they are more open to them than you would imagine um, small children would have been at the time. I've tried acupuncture recently, too. Really? Um, How's that help? Yeah. So I actually got into it because I've had chronic migraines and um, have a lot of musculoskeletal issues. And so mm -hmm. my doctor referred me over to an anesthesiologist who actually does acupuncture. Oh. And he's done some interesting things. It's It's actually been... I mean, I'm very open-minded about it. And yeah. I would be careful about what practitioner you, you pick. Sure. But I'm still Are you going, results? so I think, yeah, I yeah. think I think there's some definite positive stuff. That's the thing I haven't tried. I'm scared I of needles would. to begin with. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> I, like, oh, these ones aren't bad, and I get poked yeah, and prodded with needles all day, every day, just because of so many chronic issues that... These are my favorite. Let's just say that, because <laughs> they're the smallest needles. and the least invasive. But, okay. yeah, I was hesitant to try it, but... So far, I, I think, like, my headaches are are lessening. So good. 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 Well, I'm going to check in with, I'm pretty grateful today. I had a really difficult week last week. I mean, it was really hard. I felt, you know, it was one of those weeks where I, it was, I just wanted to go back to bed. Like, but I knew if I went back to bed, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Or I wouldn't be able, it was just, I was just depleted. There was so much, like, drama. And there there's all, there's so much stuff going on. And so kind of felt a break from that this weekend and um and feeling a break from that right now. So I, I'm I'm really grateful to you know, because when you're in those dark places, it's like 
if it can feel like never ending, like this yes, is just life sucks yeah. and it's really hard, but don't feel that today. And so I'm really grateful for that. As far you, as you, I will say you had a lot coming at you over the last couple of weeks it's, and just not just personally, but even from outside world. And so it's been, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I'm, I am, I'm feeling I feel more rested, which is good. Mm-hmm. That's good. As far as physical, trendy things, um, once upon a time I joined a gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think that the diet thing is the one that, you know, I, I'll, I'll jump on any bandwagon kind of for a little while, except for like the, the really strict um, Whole30. Can't, uh, I can't do that. It's hard. It is. But I think diets is always worth it. But I you've kinda, done keto. I do. I that have done feels, keto. That feels just as intense to me. Not for me. I think it's totally manageable. Yeah. I, I, that is one thing that I, I, I can do. I can do successfully. Hmm. Well, let's just say that we know no matter where you are in your solo parent journey, the most important thing you can hear from us to start off with is there's two things. First of all, there's hope. Not just that things are going to get better and that you're going to get through this. That will happen. But there's hope in the fact that you can be transformed because of this solo season. And the second thing is that you're not alone. There are literally millions of single parents around the world going through very similar circumstances. And I know we often can feel like we're in it alone. But you're not. You're not alone. And we're just really glad that you're here. Although we deal with tough stuff sometimes, we always end in a place of hope. So let's dig in. All right, so today we're talking about beyond exercise, how to tend to your body. And we wanted to take some time and talk about growth in the physical sense, taking care of our bodies, but not necessarily the kind of, I guess, approach that our culture is obsessed with. It's not just exercise. Here's the thing. We are physical creatures, and what yet we get so caught up in the day-to-day, we forget how our bodies are affected. Everything is connected, our minds, our body, our spirit. How do we learn to be more aware and understanding of the physical nature of our being? And then how do we nurture that? And this is beyond just exercise and beyond just diet. How do we tend to our physical body? So we're going to talk about that, but I do want to say this, that before we get into it, um, you might be tempted to write something down because we'll, we'll talk about some, some good stuff, right? Right. And if you're driving, you can't do that. You cannot. Or, or if you are doing face yoga. (gasps) I want to do that. I know you do. (laughs) That's why I said it. But if you're doing that, you've got to, I think you probably, you don't want to take time to write something down. From those short little snippet videos I've seen that pop up on my Instagram. I can't even believe that's a thing. Yeah. Well, apparently your hands can be tied up, not physically, just like in terms of like you're rubbing your face in different directions and massaging and doing things. So you can't write things down. Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's you, um, hey, good on you. And ya. if it is you, please reach out and tell me how you do it because please. I want to do it. And I don't want to pay for an app. No, no, no. no, no. I just want a Pinterest board that tells me what to do. Okay. Yeah. Please okay. write in. Great. Elizabeth's really needing to know. <laughs> but listen, we are going to talk about some cool stuff and we will summarize them all in, this, in the show notes. So go check that out. You don't have to take notes. Let's start here, ladies. You know, we talked about in the beginning, taking care of our physical bodies is not necessarily 
just exercise or, or diet. Mm-hmm. What are some other misconceptions that we think of when, when someone says, how are you taking care of your physical body? What are some misconceptions that come up where people default to? I mean, I think we've said it, like the exercise piece and mm-hmm. dieting, thinking that that's not that those things are bad, of course. Like, right. yeah, you need those things, but they aren't like we've said all along, like since we hit record, it's not the only thing, though. Mm-hmm. And and I almost think that at times, like people can use that as a way to escape as well, like super obsessed with dieting and with exercise and it becomes a almost an illness that traps some of the traumas in your body that you're actually, you know, yeah. that are the things that are effect- actually affecting your health. And I think when we compare ourselves to what we perceive to be the perfect body or the perfect physique, yeah, that can be really damaging. I mean, yeah. really hard because it's we're we're not all the same. We don't have the same physical body types and stuff. And so when we're working towards something that is, it, it, we're getting our minds off. That's not. That's no longer trying to be physically healthy only. Yeah. It's to your point a little bit becoming an obsession because you believe you have to be physically like something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's prevalent in our culture. Yeah. Okay. So then let's move into what are some healthy ways that we can start to think about our physical health. I think we need to think about our bodies not separate from our mental health, for for one. I think it all wraps together. Um, any way, anything that goes in, anything that comes out is going to affect our, our physical health. So whether that's coming out in the form of a movement, in the form of a thought, um, if we're letting it in through food or through those people we choose to hang out with or through news feeds that get more and more and more aggressive. Um, it's all connected. And I, I, th- I think we do need to seek out different ways to work through that. So um, lately I've been depleted. I did not let my kids leave the house without giving me a goodbye hug hmm. because I knew I needed that. And I needed it from my kids. I needed yeah. to know they were okay. And then that goodbye hug turned into a prayer um, one of my kids really owning that, the other one pulling away. And I'm like, no, you're going to come back. <laughs> We're not done here. But I think all of those things go in towards making us healthy. And it's not about having every moment perfect or about being perfect. And I think that's so important to to think about. And it can be about what we need for the space that we're occupying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Robert, you kind of alluded to this, and I feel like this is a little bit of what you're saying, Marissa. Um, just the whole idea that each one of us is completely unique. And when we get on these trendy things, and I'm not saying like you can't take ideas from other people, this face yoga thing, you know, for <laughs> instance. Um, but like each one of us is so unique. The foods that we eat, for instance, affect each one of us differently. Yeah. You may have a sensitivity to dairy. I may not. I may have a sensitivity to red meat. You may not. You know, it's like getting to know our physical bodies and what we're taking in food-wise, nutrition-wise. Also, exactly like you said, Marissa, who we hang out with, what we're taking in. I'm even thinking about movies. Like one thing in particular I protect myself from is scary movies. I know that it's not good for me. It's not good for my mental health. It causes a lot of stress and anxiety. I'm already trying to ward off and fight off anxiety and stress as it is. And so 
anything else that brings that on knowingly, I'm not doing myself any favors. I'm not helping myself. So I just tend to protect myself from it. And, um, you know, and then, but even on top of that, one thing that I learned recently, I share with you, Robert, I don't, I don't think we talked about this, Marissa, but, um, the benefits of crying and Mm. just the idea of releasing. And I'm even thinking about like releasing in terms of punching a pillow. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about that a little bit here, screaming in your car and whatever, you know, whatever you need to do to release that out, release those things out of your body. But scientifically speaking, tears actually release stress hormones out of your body, like inside the tears are stress hormones that are releasing out of your body. And then if you cry long enough and deep enough, it releases oxytocin, which is a really great chemical for your body, um, and then also endorphins. So the benefits of crying and just getting that out is actually super healthy, and I think that's fascinating. I think it's fascinating, too, and I love the fact that we're including this. A lot of times you think about crying as, well, that's a emotional response, and it is, Mm -hmm. but there's actually something physical about that. Yeah that is good for our bodies. Yeah. I mean, we we were not made to carry everything strong all no. the time. No. And to release, whether it be, I think sweat releases too, right? Yeah. It, it's also one of the things that releases, scientifically it's proven to release the stress yeah. Yeah. hormones. It can. That's why I'm glad that, that this is coming up as we're talking about a physical body. You need to cry. You mm-hmm. need to sweat. You need to, you need to do these things. Mm-hmm. You can't do things on your own. Like, so... As I said at the beginning, I had a really, really difficult week last week. And there was one day I had to go from one place to another place. I was just, I was making phone calls and I was just, it was so much. And there's this place um, that I used to go that I I hadn't for a long time. It's on a road. It's like a little overlook. And there's very few people that ever go there, um, fairly close to my house. And so I drove up there and just parked my car. It was raining and I just said, God, I'm, I, I don't know what I need. I just, mm-hmm. I, but I'm, I feel hopeless. I mm-hmm. feel, you know, all yeah. this. And all of a sudden I just started crying and crying and crying. And it just kept coming and coming yeah. and coming. And it was so good. Like yeah. I didn't go up there to cry. I went up there to just, I need to unplug. And this is, I used to call it prayer mountain, but cause I used to go up there and pray. But I left feeling I didn't nothing changed. Like sure. the situation didn't change. But physically I felt better equipped to face my day because I and I don't like as a rule of thumb cry. Yeah. I mean, I, I cry at movies, I cry at bad <laughs> sad commercials. I'm a pretty easy <laughs> crier. But to your point, there was something that really helped me yeah. do that. Not be strong and just kind of unplug. After my husband died, I cried every single Sunday. It did not matter what the sermon was about. I would walk into church just fine, having had a great week, and I would start crying. Mm. There was something about being in the presence of God and having been stricken with so much grief. And I got to the point, um, actually about a year into it, where I was embarrassed. My kids were embarrassed, and I (laughs) just like, God, I cannot help this. And at that time, I was reading through Lamentations, and there is a verse in there where it says, bring out your women who cry in church. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, God, even for me, you have a place. And 
for, for four more years, I embarrassed my kids and went and cried. And it finally got to the point because it's it's been just over six and a half years or close to six and a half years now. But And then the Nashville school shooting happened and um, our pastor was talking again about crying in church, but this time it was a communal crying. Mm. And it was about weeping with those who weep. Mm. And I just, there was a difference I felt when it was community mm. um, versus independently. And I think there's a place for both of them. So the reason I'm calling that out is because, yes, sometimes we need to go to prayer mountain and we need to have ourselves a good cry or in the back of a closet trust me yeah my closet carpet is probably was probably uh-huh. ruined by tears <laughs> um because sometimes i wanted to cry in my in front of my kids and sometimes i didn't but sometimes we need to cry with other people and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the really cool things about the solo groups because there are people there who who get it and yeah. who can cry in the same space where you are if that's where you need to be right yeah. So yeah. true. You said something at the beginning, which I think is important when you started sharing there. Um, other ways to think about our physical health. This is not just crying is beneficial physically. We know that, but we are sensory beings. Mm-hmm. You said something about a hug. Mm-hmm. The feeling of touch is really important. Yeah. As a physical being, being around other people intellectually is one thing. Giving someone a hug and like not just a hey, buddy, like. Mm-hmm. But actually embracing your kids, or it, it's important for them to have that as well. But yeah. physical touch is really important. That is one way we can take care of our body. And yeah. I'm not talking in a creepy way. I'm saying no, it's good. It's important. No, you know, uh, one of our one of our friends, Katrina. She's uh, you know been a group leader in the past. She's yeah. still involved with us. And one of the things she requires is a thirty second hug. Hmm. And I love it. That is so. Very cool. Every time she, every time I see her, she's and she gives the best hugs. They're like mm. so tight and just yeah. like good, Affirming yeah. And, yeah. And and they're long. And yeah. she's like, "This is uh, we're releasing endorphins, so we're just gonna hang on for thirty seconds." <laughs> but it's, it's so good. hard. It's so Nobody true, does though. that. That's. No. I mean, and, and I don't think you can just do that to anybody. <laughs> no. Thirty second hug. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny to do, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I totally no, agree. it's serious. Like, I mean, even when I go up and hug Jacks, there's just kind of a, you know, that happens. Right. I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't totally know. agree. Yeah. What are some things that negatively impact our physical being? Like identifying those things. What For you, Marissa, what are things that negatively, in fact, impact not just chocolate or sugar? <laughs> So there are actually a lot of studies out there, including I think Kaiser Foundation did one back in the 90s, correlating trauma to physical chronic illnesses and Mm -hmm. what have you. So what we endure, what PTSD, what stress we we put our bodies through does come back to bite us a lot of the times um, through through our physical well-being and health. there was a story I read in in probably middle school, and I thought, this can't be true, but I recently saw an article. Grief, when you experience grief, it actually changes the form and function of your heart, like temporarily, oh. but it is literally, and you can, you people have died from what's called a broken heart syndrome because that's, it, it changes the heart. And we can't just say, oh, it's all about exercise. And if I eat right and exercise, my physical body is completely healthy because there is such a component to the mental game and the emotional game that that's going on. 
unfortunately, I think as single parents, that's a that's a world we're all yeah. well versed in. Um, I mean, I talked about several chronic illnesses that deal with chronic headaches, um, and there's a ton that I'm dealing with, and I don't think it's purely physical. Um, so there there has to be a release of some of that stress in order to get to more of a physical wholeness. Yeah, I know if we don't address it, it does get store, stored up in our bodies and um, and come out in some very unhealthy ways. So we need to get those very real things that we deal with physically out. This isn't just a this isn't just like a you know book the body keeps the score in a study mm-hmm. like this like there are real people tied to this and I, I'll go ahead and share my sister. So my aunt, my mom, and my sister all have MS, which is an autoimmune. Mm -hmm. And my sister in particular, she has the MS that's like good day, bad day. So she has a a shot that she has to take every day to kind of keep her balance, keep her moving, um, and keep the lesions from growing and all of those things. So she had some really super stressful things happen a couple years ago with her family. And um, I won't go into all of that, but she ended up that week when that happened, ended up basically having um, stroke-like symptoms and was in the hospital for seven days, could not talk, like legitimately could not talk. She had uh, a droopy face on one side, like thought they they thought she had a stroke, but it wasn't. It was her MS flared, flared up because of the stress that mm. happened. Yeah. I mean, it's just like... It is real. It is real. The stress and the trauma and the thing. And and I won't go into everything that's happened to my sister, but there have been a lot. We have a very similar story. Um, so there have been a lot of traumas that have happened to her, not to mention, you know, the things that happened with her family during that time. And her body has trapped it up and it is looking like MS. And that's what, that's how her body's reacting. That's so it's crazy. just really, really important to release this stuff. Like that's why I'm that's why I'm like I will literally try anything. I go to lymphatic therapy, <laughs> <laughs> which if anybody knows about that, I call it uh light bulb therapy because that's what it looks like. She's rubbing light bulbs all over your body. Uh I do neurofeedback. Um I do the my witch doctor. I mean, I do all of these things and it is because like I know the stress that I've endured. I know the trauma that I've endured, and I want to release that from my body, and I want to honor the body that God has given me. And if I can find ways to create a healthy space inside of me and release that trauma and and find the ways to take care of myself, I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to be a better everything. Totally. You know? So, so I think right here I want to pause for a second, too, because I was hospitalized um, most it, like exas- an exacerbated chronic illness by by stress and trauma brought on by my my late husband and going through that. And yeah. I think there's likely a lot of our listeners right now who are saying, "I've been there, yeah. right? Maybe it didn't hospitalize me, uh-huh. but um, I have been in such a toxic relationship that it has really negatively impacted my health. And from that, it is easy to walk the next step towards anger mm. and to be really, really frustrated with somebody who put you or worse, hospitalize me all you want, but seeing it come out in my kids, if you've exposed my kids, and I know because I'm seeing some of this stuff with my children, 
it is easy to start getting frustrated and angry and then to say, you know, I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be healthy. And and start letting some of that negative mantra start eating you alive. And I'm just going to say that has to stop because, no, you're never going to be perfect. You, you were you were born a sinner into a, a sinner's world, and none of us are perfect. You know, I did an exercise with myself once. I went to an airport, and I said, yeah, everybody looks normal here, all of these people who look healthy. But if you think about the statistics, how many of them are dealing with kidney disease, diabetes, whatever, you all just don't yeah. see it. So shut it up. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive because every thought does matter, mm-hmm. and that is going to be one of the first steps towards getting towards that health, healthy mental state and letting that stress out. Because on one side, you can let that stress continue to eat you and frustrate you. On the other hand, you can say, no, I've been given this, the story that I have, and I'm going to make the best of it. And God can still redeem things. And there's still a lot of positive that can be gained. And there's still a lot of stuff that can be done. I mean, We've heard Elizabeth say all of the successful things um, that 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 she's been tried to to get through where she's been. I can tell you, I'm haven't been hospitalized um, since that, barring something that insurance company related, <laughs> yeah. and we won't get into that because there's a whole podcast that that get into the woes of insurance companies. Um, but there is hope, and you can get to the other side of some of that stress. Absolutely. As a single dad raising three girls, this is something I wish I had. If you're searching for the perfect way to inspire and empower the young girl in your life, look no further than the NIV Kingdom Girls Bible from Zondervan Publishing. With over 400 engaging features, colorful illustrations, and helpful notes, this Bible is perfect for girls ages 8 to 12 as they learn about the strong and faithful women who came before them. This Bible brings stories of women to life and shows how their faith and strength can still inspire girls today. To order or check out a sample, go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com. That's NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com. This Bible has an amazing design and is easy to read. Most importantly, it is a great resource for girls as they grow in their faith and learn about women who have impacted the world. Don't miss out on this opportunity to nurture her spirit and illuminate her path. Find out more, including how to order and see a sample at NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com. Every girl deserves a faith-filled adventure. The link is also in today's show notes. So we're saying here that as we're talking about growth this month and tending to our bodies physically, we've identified and we all agree that this is beyond exercise. This is like there are things that we as physical beings need, I want to just take a few minutes and talk about two different things, ways that some unhealthy ways that we cope with some of these traumas. What Mm -hmm. are some unhealthy ways so we can identify those? And then what are some practical ways that we can take care of our bodies? Let's start with the unhealthy ways that seem to be um, common for some of us. What are some unhealthy ways that we deal with trauma, that we cope? You know, I like the... Just, I want to start off with something a little outside of the box. One of the things that we brought up when we were talking about this, and I've seen happen, is um, starting a fight. Hmm. And I think it's you get 
you know, it's the fight, flight, or freeze thing right. when you have when you have fear come up when you're stressed and whatever. But I don't know how often people realize that they can actually start a fight just out of that stress response, and it's actually a negative has a negative yeah, impact. That is absolutely you know. One. And actually, yesterday it was funny. I was um, driving down the road, and Josh, who you know most of you have heard on the podcast. Um, a little while back when we were talking about dating differently, we were talking about something and uh, some plans were changing and I got really quiet and he was like, wait, where'd you, what happened? Are we just, are, are you just going to not talk? And I was like, no, I will talk. I just, I've got some emotions happening right now. Um, I've got things that I need to deal with and I don't think it would be very healthy for me to talk about those things because right now I got a lot of stories going on. I got a lot of trauma responses that could come out sideways. And so I'm going to choose to be quiet and I'm going to choose not to talk about those things so that I can respond in a healthy way when it's time. Yeah. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight about this. Like I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to be right here. And he was like, huh, okay. All right. That's good. I'm glad you're doing that. It's like, yeah, so <laughs> let's move on and we'll come nice. back. We'll circle back later. But so many times just in my assumptions in my whatever it's like bam i just start a fight or you know blast off at the mouth yeah just to um, react yeah exactly and i do think that that's a that's an unhealthy way of coping with the stress that comes up in any you know you're triggered and that's an unhealthy way of dealing with it absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely any other ways well i know there's lots but... <laughs> <laughs> um so I think we can definitely use alcohol or um, yeah. prescription medications, um, other drugs. Like there, there's a ton of stuff there that we can go to to, to try to numb out. Um, sometimes we can we can use food, um, and the food that we gravitate towards when we're emotionally eating can sometimes actually make that worse. So I found with myself that there's like food additives like dyes and stuff that if I eat, all of a sudden I'm not feeling better. I'm feeling more anxious. Yeah. yeah. So then that gets me into this, well, now I have to eat something more to make that feeling go away. <laughs> and it, it, it it's really a vicious, terrible cycle. I think we can withdraw. We can withdraw from our kids, withdraw from friends, we, we even withdraw from ourselves mm -hmm. because we just don't want to experience those feelings. And somebody might ask us about them, including our own head conversation. So we may spend too much time watching TV or too much time just being Scrolling withdrawn. Scrolling through the internet. Yeah, so TikTok. that we don't have to feel. <laughs> well, yeah, Marissa, I totally agree. And last week in particular, you know, we're we're at the recording of this podcast. We're a couple weeks out from the Nashville shooting. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot of hurt happening in our community. It's very present, a lot happening politically, just, and we don't have to go into all of that, but... I am, I'm so overcome with grief. I'm also so scared about what's happening just with people and the hate and the dissension and all the things that are happening, the ways that people are avoiding the pain mm -hmm. that's happening in our community. And last week, I legitimately wanted to go crawl into a cave. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just mm -hmm. want to, mm -hmm. I just want to go away. I want to bury my head in the sand. I actually didn't scroll social media hmm. because I wanted to For stay away from it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just so overwhelmed with it all that 
I felt myself like wanting to just run away and go away somewhere and not yeah. not come out. And it's interesting that these are um, these are seemingly emotional responses, yeah, but they affect us physically. Yes, absolutely, and, and affect the other people around us, right? You yeah. know, and and I think one of the other ways is by trying to control. Because it's something I couldn't control, so school shooting or yeah. whatever. One of the ways. I've historically dealt with it, unfortunately, for, for my family, not recently, is through that obsessive cleaning. Like, yeah, if you yeah. want to, if, if you come into my house and everything is organized, uh-huh. I probably just went through something I felt like I, that was completely out of my control and yeah. I wasn't able to deal with it well. So I took it out on my pantry. So <laughs> um, COVID was a good time. I do the time. same thing. Um, and I'm not saying that that's always bad because sometimes we we do have to control, but that can start turning to where it controls us. And well, that's the thing. None of the things that we're talking about here, except for maybe overdoing on alcohol or maybe hooking up with someone because you're lonely, none of these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves. It's just that we've got to see that we use them to cope with emotional things, with stressful things, with trauma in our life, and it does affect us physically. Whether it be, you know, for me, if I just worked a little harder at this. If I just, you know, then if I get stressed about something with work, then I, I've got to fix it. I've got to find a way. And sometimes mm-hmm. I have noticed in my life, God is just going, no, it's just not my time. It doesn't matter. Like if you do something on your own, that's that's not my perfect will. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to kind of back off and let him do it. Because mm-hmm. when we take things under our control, whether it be seemingly under our control, numbing out, shopping too much, cleaning, obsessing over exercising. Exercising. We are we are absolutely wrong in the sense that none of those things are wrong, but we are wrong in the sense that we can control these things. In fact, it is really bad for our health. And we're not tending to our bodies when we fall into these things. Again, none of these things on their own are wrong. We have to clean things, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Um, we have to eat mm-hmm. those kind of things. So okay, so let's move over to what are some practical things that we can do to tend to our physical body? I think, I mean, the biggest thing is what these, uh, the unhealthy ways of coping do is actually trap those stressors, trap that trauma inside our body. So looking at ways that we can release that versus trapping it. So mm, the coping, yeah. if the coping traps it, what releases, everybody's different. So I think finding ways that you can have that relief, but I would I would say probably what's common for all of us, regardless of how you get it done, whether it's through prayer, journaling, meditation, um, talking out loud in groups or with a friend, is talking. Like Mm. literally getting those thoughts, getting the things, even as crazy as they are, getting it out of your body in a healthy way, not in a way that you're starting a fight, but in a way that's like, I need to release these thoughts, these lies, these whatever's all the stress that's happening i need to release it out of my body and one way for me is talking it out yeah. like whether that's with a friend um a romantic relationship you know obviously not your kids but like a counselor yeah. with god whatever yeah i would kind of say piggyback on that and say another thing that i have to have is talking it in and by that i mean so i've just really When I became depleted, it was like all of those negative thoughts just started as if they were on a treadmill in my mind. And they were like, we set this thing to go for 500 miles and we're Mm -hmm. never stopping. And I had to start saying, we've got to stop this. And I started praying and saying, God, give me your truth back in. Mm -hmm. 
let me know what really is truth here and how you are in control. And it it became um, not just because I, I did need to to say, God, this is how I'm feeling, and I'm frustrated, I'm anxious, I'm whatever, but also how how you tell me I should feel about the way you love me and mm. really owning and taking in so that it completes that cycle of of talking it out totally. and then talking it back in. Yeah. For me, the one of the ways that I found that is meditation was such a big part, like just simple breathing exercises that I I never would have done that if I hadn't gone through my solo season. Like, but it became a major ritual for me of setting myself aside time to just breathe and be and surrender to God. I literally would start every every meditation time is like, God, I'm just going to show up and I'd ask for you to meet me here. And that's all I would pray. And I would just breathe and let myself go. I mean, I think another way to take care of ourselves is to recognize that as physical beings, we are sensory beings. Like we need to see, to smell, to touch. Getting outside in nature is one of the best ways for me. We all approach it differently, getting to a beach or going to a mountain or whatever. But for me, going to Prayer Mountain this week and just sitting in my car, but getting out of my element helped my physical being yeah. because I extracted myself from the the day-to-day. And to your point, hugging, sensor. I mean, these are all this when we talk about physical bodies, this is not just our muscle mass or, you know, like our weight or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is how are we nurturing those mm-hmm. sensory needs that we have? Yeah. And I will tell you, one of the things that my family has leaned on over the years over and over again is when we get to that point, I mean, I was right there with you, Elizabeth. We probably would have found the same cave to climb into because <laughs> like, I was, I just, I told my family, I was like, I'm just done. I'm done feeling so much hurt. Um, but is if we can stop for a second and look around and I'll just say, I'm going to show somebody kindness right now. Mm. So... Last Sunday, it was, um, we were in the Costco parking lot, and there was another woman loading her groceries, and I was like, can I take your cart with mine? Yeah. Um, Not because I think that changed her world, but because I needed to experience kindness, and if the world around me wasn't creating that kindness, I could I can create kindness by exhibiting it towards others in unexpected places. This past Sunday, um, we were at a, at a breakfast restaurant and a man was walking towards me and on his face you could just see like he wasn't sure what was going on what he was going to experience with people and i i just said in the most cheery voice i could good morning and walked past we ended up 2 minutes later crossing paths and the man opened up into a beautiful conversation with mm. me sometimes people just need to hear you say very happily, good morning. Like, I'm a friend here today, even if you don't see that. Mm -hmm. So there can be lots of different ways, but sometimes physically just get out of yourself, get out of your house, go spend $20 and buy somebody's groceries in front of you, go put their grocery cart away, go physically be with them, sit with them, show an unexpected kindness to somebody. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. One of the more interesting things that I learned recently was this neurofeedback thing I'm doing, which you can Google it. It, uh, I'm not going to go into what it is, but it's really helping take down some anxiety and helping rewire some things with my neuropathways. But anyway, one of the things that goes along with that is meditation. So going back to what you were saying, Robert, but 
I was asking the the woman who does the neurofeedback on me. She, I said, you know, what are what are some really good ways to meditate um, that you found that kind of go hand in hand with this therapy that we're doing? And she said, she asked me, do you tend to stay inside your head a lot, or are you or do you focus outward? And I was like, oh, I'm in my head all the time. She's like, okay, when you meditate, then you need to meditate on things that are physical. Um, You need to take in the sensory things Mm -hmm. that you were talking about, Robert. She's like, feel things. Like, even if it's just for two minutes, like feel your toes touching your shoes, feel Mm -hmm. your body sitting in the chair and sinking into the chair and just like um, smell things. Like do the, the five things you see, four things you smell, three things you hear, two things you can yeah. feel, yeah. you know, the go through five, four, three, two, one with your sensor, senses. But then for people who are more sensory, like they focus outward, outward, then that internal meditation of prayer, being with your thoughts, being with your feelings, being with your self internally is probably the way to meditate. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to make that distinction because it, it was really interesting to me because I always thought That's that really meditation, good. I needed to like picture a ball in my head and pray in this certain way, you know, and like do all these things. It's like, no, that's actually inhibiting my growth because it's keeping me internal when I actually need to be external. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, before I wrap this up and, and um, kind of tell you what I'm taking away from this conversation, let me just say that these, this week in our groups, this is going to be a great conversation. Like we've said here, there are many ways to take care of our physical beings, to take care of our, our body beyond exercise. And, in our groups, we we just we do just that. We discuss these things. We discuss everything that we're talking about on the podcast in more detail with each other and get different tips from other single parents. And if you haven't joined one yet, I highly recommend that you that you join one. They happen seven days a week. If you download our app, you'll see online group calendar. You can just touch one of those buttons and join a group from wherever you are. I promise you, you won't regret it. You will feel welcome. I know it's scary to do, but I also know how welcome you'll feel. So here's what I'm taking away. First of all, our physical being impacts every area of our life. If we're not taking care of our physical being, there will be negative ramifications to that. Stress, grief, and trauma negatively affect our physical being. So we need to learn to listen and respond to our body in healthy ways. So I would say we need to find one or two of these healthy sensory habits and just start incorporating them, whether that is breathing exercises or whether it's re- reaching out to someone in kindness, some of these things that we've talked about, being deliberate about giving longer hugs, whatever it is, do something that is physically sensory fulfilling, not just exercise, not just eating, not just diet, and start taking care of your body in this way. Taking care of my body. Yeah, you're <laughs> stretching. <laughs> Sometimes I wish people could see us because I'm picking up on the visuals. Elizabeth's raising her leg like I didn't know she's trying to get my attention. Like I need to say something else. But Just stretching my leg, Robert. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be great conversations. I hope you, yes. you guys join us in our meetings. Yeah, and thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for being here. Um, it is that time. We're here for your question of the week. So let's take a listen. How do I get my teenager to help me around the house? (laughs) I've tried offering him money for chores, but it just hasn't helped. When my father, his grandfather, discusses with him that he just needs to do it, 
It makes him feel guilty, and it doesn't change his behavior. It has started eroding their relationship, which is a big concern for me because he's the only positive male influence he has. Whew, I don't have a teenager, Marissa. <laughs> so I have two teenagers, <laughs> and I'm waiting to become the expert on this question because that would be very helpful for me too. But um, I've actually thought about this question quite a bit lately. I have weeks where my kids will just do their chores, and it's amazing, and you walk downstairs and you're like, oh, yeah, let's the the laundry and the the dishes are done. And then there's weeks where it's like, guys, like, where have you been? What are you doing? I think it gets harder because when they're eight and 10, they can't go anywhere without you except maybe across the street to the neighbor's house. When they're 17, they're, oh, well, mom, I've got to go to the gym. I've got to go do, do this study group. I've got to go hang out with this friend. And there's time constraints to it. And so they have less time at home to do the chores. Mm -hmm. So I think some of what I'm trying to figure out is how do we navigate allowing flexibility but also requiring that responsibility yeah. inside of it? Um, because it doesn't necessarily mean the moment I have free to clean the kitchen is the same moment he does. So just because I want it done now doesn't mean he can. Um, but, I mean, with my kids, I have to set the expectations and I have to set them three times a week. Yeah. Hey, I expect before you do anything that is not work or school, this kitchen will be clean. And if not, you are grounded. And I have to follow through. I hate that word. My mother was the world's expert at following through. <laughs> I do not know why I did not inherit that, but I want to just like say, hey guys, you know, if you don't do this, and have them respond. I don't want to have to actually follow up with grounding or whatever. But sometimes as a parent, we literally have to say, well, you know, this impacted the amount of time with the family. And so therefore that amount of time, you're now going to have to give back. That's good. Yeah. Towards yeah. us. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think, and this is me again, not having a teenager. Do you think um, when it comes to like their own personal space, like their bedrooms, Letting them kind of be the king or queen of their domain instead of like coming in and saying, you have to clean your room before you go anywhere, do anything. And instead, letting them like have responsibility over that. If they clean it, they keep it clean. That's kind of their thing. If they're like a messy, crazy person like my sister was and her room was always a disaster, letting her kind of like live in that. But when it comes to outside family living area, it's like, no, hey, we have to all pitch in here. We all live in this space. So we all need to like contribute to the household. But I'm wondering, my question is, do you think giving them the flexibility and the freedom to kind of like be the master of their domain and take responsibility for that would kind of like balance out the the responsibility to the family. Does that make sense? It does. I don't know that I would go that far. I do think it is important the older they get. For instance, when when my girls were younger, I slash we, when I was married, decorated their rooms. Sure. The older they got, we started letting them yeah. do whatever mm -hmm. they wanted to uh -huh. in their rooms. Yeah. I yeah. think that's, to me, in our family, that was the extent of like making you, you have control over your domain. Uh -huh. You can look however you want, within reason. Um, when it comes to chores or messiness or like, to me, it's like, no, in this family, we make our beds yeah. or we pick up our stuff on Saturday. I mean, it doesn't mean every single day, everything has to be perfect, uh -huh. but training them like, this is the way we live life. They're, they're going to either take that with them when they grow older or, or not. 
But I think it, for me at least, it was my responsibility to enforce that. Like, let them have their, they can decorate it. But in this house, we, I mean, because honestly, teenagers, they wouldn't wash their sheets for half a year. Right. Like, (laughs) they they just won't do it. They won't vacuum. They don't Mm -hmm. care. There would be wrappers everywhere. And then you get roaches and rats and... Mm -hmm. Well, that, that was would my be, experience. That would with be teenagers. the one exception is like no, like the food in the room is not a thing. Here's here's where I'm at right now in my experiences. Uh, Jax, who is nine, wants to. He's fine with doing things, but he wants to do it together. So, um, making his bed, for instance, that's what I say. Well, come on, let's make your bed together. Let's also make my bed together. You know, and so we'll do those mm-hmm. things, or we'll he'll want to do unload the dishwasher together, or load it, or whatever. I know that that's not always going to be the case. The other thing that I am curious about or that I feel like I try to do is like, if I'm not going to make my bed, then I'm not going to force him to make his bed. Or if I'm going to have him make his bed, then I better be making better my be making bed, your bed too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's like showing, modeling what is appropriate, modeling what yeah. we need to do. That was a great question, though. Yes, it was. And to send us a question, please go to our website. That is soloparent.org slash talk to us. And you'll find directions on how to email, call, or leave a voice message. All of this is in the show notes. So go over there, click on that button, and send us a question. Absolutely. And listen, while you're at it, will you do us a favor and rate the show? Um, on yeah. any app platform that you or any podcast platform, just click the five stars and give us some or comments. Four. Or four. Maybe they're not happy. Completely. That's true. And actually, we did get one person that thought that we were so biased towards women and not enough towards men. They gave us a one star. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. That that's is at, fine. The main thing is we want to know We want to know what you guys think. Yeah. So, so review, too. Don't just click the stars. Like, actually leave it. us some feedback. Because what happens is no matter what you say, it changes the algorithms and it makes it easier for people to find us the more engagement we have. Mm-hmm. On the rating system. So please, please do that. And go to social media where you can find us at Solo Parent Society on both Facebook and Instagram. And please join our conversation. It's lively on, especially on Facebook, people talking all the time. Yes. Marissa, Elizabeth, thanks for being with me. Thank and you. And for us being Thank together you. and kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave our time with our guiding verse. This is Isaiah 41:10. It says, So do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you again next week.